Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. I am excited for this morning uh, just to have Ellie back with us and sharing. Yeah, give them a round of applause. But she doesn't come solo anymore. She comes as a package deal. She comes with Micah, which I'm excited to be able to hear from both of them together. Uh, they've got a table in the back, and um, as they're sharing, just consider ways that you can be partnering with them. Uh, they have a vision for the young people on our campus here at, at the University of Tennessee. Um, George, you can get behind this. I don't care how much you're a Wildcats fan. You can support God's King. They need it. Oh, my goodness. Get out of here. Ushers. Oh, he is one. Man, what do you do when you need to? Who takes the ushers out when you need the usher to be? I don't even know. <laughs> so grab some of these cards, find ways to connect with them. We want to be a support um, as a church we have been, but as individuals you can as well uh, to come alongside. And I'm just excited, again, just to hear what God's put in their hearts. Um, it's You see a ministry aspect, but there's so much more behind it when you're going to hear from these people. So would you just encourage Ellie and Micah as they come up to share with us this morning? I just want to say that I'm so thankful and so honored um, to be able to be here. Emmanuel was my home church for about two years. So coming back here and getting to speak is really like, just makes me super excited. And I just feel so, so honored. Um, so thank you so much for allowing me to speak to, uh, today. Um, I will be sharing like what God has done in my life and also in my husband's life now. Um, we just got married in December. Um, so this is new. <laughs> But um, it's been really, really awesome. We're so grateful. Mike and I actually met through Chi Alpha, which is a ministry that we work in now. Um, so it's just really cool to get to do ministry together, both serving students and serving people coming to know the Lord and um, just falling in love in that way. So it's been really awesome. Uh, a fun fact about us is that we both felt called to missions way before we even met. Um, and we also both really felt called to um, helping unreached Muslims come to know the Lord. And that was a call that we both felt separate from each other. So when we, you know, started to to date and this came up, we were so wow, like excited that we could do this together. It was just so, so amazing. Um, so that's kind of what God, um, how God like brought us together. Um, I want to tell you guys about what God's doing at the University of Tennessee, and I want to tell you guys testimonies, um, and Micah's going to help me with that as well. But before we get started, I just want to pray. I just want to pray over this time and the word that God has um, given us so that we can share with you guys. Lord, um, Lord, we're just so grateful for who you are. Um, Lord, within us, there's so much power. Within every believer, God, there's so much ability to do so much for your kingdom, God. So, Lord, I just pray that you help us to be faithful. Help us to say yes to what you ask us to do. I just pray that these testimonies and stories would be encouragement, would lead us to know you more, would lead us closer to you, God, and it would show us, God, how um, just to glorify you in this world, God. So, Lord, let your word speak to us. Let these testimonies speak to us. Um, remind us, Lord, of, of who you are. Amen. 
I wanted to tell you a little bit about how God um, called me to missions for the first time. Um, if you read uh, Matthew 28, um, 19 and 20, it's a great commission. And that tells us that everyone who believes in the Lord, that we should um, be those that go and make disciples um, throughout, the, throughout the whole world, um, baptizing them and teaching them everything that we've learned. So this great commission is for everybody. Um, but God gave me a very specific call. Um, I was young and I was praying. And at that point in my life, I was a teenager, I really thought that my life serving God was going to look like being a part of a church here in the United States and serving in some way, maybe with the kids or with the woman. That was kind of what I was envisioning. And I was praying about this. And while I was praying, I just felt like God told me, no, you are going to be planting churches. You're going to be evangelizing and you're going to be in a place that it's uncomfortable and it's going to be outside of the United States. And I was a teenager and I was not expecting that. And I was not on board. I was very surprised that God said this to me, um, but it was very clear that it wasn't from myself. Like God told me this. And so I put it in my heart um, and I really didn't know what to do with it. So it just stayed with me, but I didn't do much with it for, um, for a few years. Then I went off to college and I started to focus on my career. I started to network. I really wanted to um, be successful once I got out of college. And so that was my focus. Um, but along the way in college, um, someone invited me to this ministry called Chi Alpha. And so I started to go to this ministry, the Bible studies, the worship gatherings. Um, and every time I went to worship with them, I cried. <laughs> I felt the Holy Spirit so tangibly every time that I went to worship with them. And I just it just made me want to keep coming and want to grow more. Um, and so the more that I went, the more that I got involved. Eventually, I ended up going on a mission trip. Um, and uh, I spent actually went several times with Kaiafa overseas to different African countries. Um, to the missions there. And I remember feeling that call again when I was in Africa, that call to do missions. And I could see the physical need around me because there was people in a lot of need uh, financially and also like there was sickness all around me. And I also could see the spiritual need because there was witchcraft that was so normal there. And also there was people that had never even read the Bible before. And so I could see the need all around me. And again, I felt that call to go and do missions, to go and be obedient to what God had told told me a long time ago. Um, and so I started preparing to do missions and started to really pray about this. Um, and, you know, a few years later, the Lord um, kept calling me closer and closer, giving me more steps on how to become a missionary. Um, and eventually, um, God opened the door for me to come to UT to become a missionary. And it was a wide, it was very clear that this door was from the Lord. But within me, I was a little confused. <laughs> I felt like the call God gave me was to be outside of the United States. Yet God was calling me here to, to UT. Um, and um, in my praying and in my trying to understand how God could have changed his plan on me, I, um, I came across this scripture that I want to share with you guys today. So if you guys could open up your Bibles, is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Um, it's a scripture that really spoke to me and that really clarified what God um, wanted to, to teach me as he brought me here. Part of, the, of my heart that he still wanted to work on. Part of me that he still wanted me to make sure that I understood and that I knew and that I was passionate for. Um, so I have the NLT version. Um, I'm going to read starting from verse 16 in 2 Corinthians 4. It says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. 
Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For light, our light and momentary troubles are, be, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So this last verse that says, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This really stood out to me. Because when you look at the University of Tennessee, you're probably going to think orange. You're going to think football. Um, and if you look at this university, you're going to see that their students paying thousands and thousands of dollars for them to achieve this degree. You're going to see students that are focused on nothing else but their career. You're going to also see students that don't need anything. They're going to have name brand clothing. They're going to have the latest technology, um, either for school or just for their entertainment. Um, these students, you're going to see them partying every weekend. You're going to see that drugs and alcohol are the norm. This is what you will see when you look at the University of Tennessee. And honestly, this is what I saw. And I just, I was, I was trying to understand like why God was calling me here. Um, but what God really wanted me to see is that what is unseen is, tempor is eternal. What is unseen is eternal. And what is unseen is that regardless of how well off these students are, regardless of how busy these students are, they all need God in their lives. That underneath all the things that they have physically, they are dealing with addiction, they are dealing with depression, they are dealing um, with wounds that cannot be healed, they are dealing with an emptiness that can only be filled with God. That's what's happening at the University of Tennessee. So you may see all these things on the surface and it looks like it's just a university. It's just students trying to, you know, figure out their life. But like God, like these students have a need for God. And God wanted me to be able to step on this campus and not just look for a need, but sense for the need. Let the Holy Spirit lead me to the students that were really broken, the students that were in that place seeking God. And so regardless of all of these things that I told you, um, how all of these things are true. Students do party every weekend. Students are focused on their career. God has done amazing, amazing things um, at the University of Tennessee, um, just moving in these students. He's capturing their hearts, making them be so passionate about him. Um, you guys have already been seeing some of the pictures, um, but I just wanna kind of walk through a little bit of what our ministry does when we're at the University of Tennessee. These pictures right now are pictures of our worship gatherings, of our retreats, um, and it's just so powerful how like our ministry has multiplied. Right now we have over 200 students that are actively seeking Christ through our ministry. And like, praise God that that's happening. Um, if you go to the next slide, we also have baptisms on campus, the same pool where students work out in and um, practice. Um, we rent it out and we go and, and, and just celebrate our friends getting baptized. Just this Thursday, five new students um, got baptized. And there was, yeah, praise the Lord. There was about 70 people there, <laughs> like excited, praising God. Some of them were students, happy for their friends, and some of them were their family members that drove and came to UT to watch their children be baptized. It is such an honor and such a blessing um, to just see that like our students are, are getting to know the Lord. What we do is that we have worship gatherings on campus. We have small groups where students can ask questions about the Bible, um, but as missionaries and um, we 
What we do is we do discipleship within the students where we meet one-on-one with them and we teach them how to grow closer to God, how to bring their relationship to a new level with the Lord, but also to eventually become leaders for the kingdom of God and become fishers of men. Maurice is one of them. He leads his own small group as well. Yeah, praise the Lord. So God is using even the students to like multiply what he's done in them. And that's what we want to do is give these students a resource to continue growing and continue um, doing what God has done inside of them to do it for others. Um, If you could go to the next slide. We also go um, on mission trips. Um, We do mission trips outside of the country, but also inside of the country. So this spring break, we're uh, doing four different trips around the United States. um, And our students sacrifice their spring break instead of just going and resting, they come. Um, in these spring breaks, um, we usually go to other universities so they can practice evangelism and like really starting to share their faith. Um, and it's so awesome because we bond a lot over that week being together, but also they really get to step out in faith and really get to step out in what, um, just like, sharing what God has done in them. Um, Micah and I are going to be leading a trip to the University of South Carolina. Um, and we get to do this thing called the Jesus Exhibit, where we have these banners that have very difficult and important concepts about our faith. And the banners have all the information on them. And students that are just at the university get to walk by and read them and get to learn more about these concepts about the Lord. Um, but also our students get to be right next to the banner. So if somebody has a question or if they feel led to pray over them, or if they feel led to share their testimony, they're there for that. Um, It's so challenging and so powerful. We did this a year ago, and man, I was I was so challenged by the Lord and I was challenged as a missionary. So I can't imagine how my students like were feeling. But man, it was like story after story on how the Holy Spirit led them to say just the right thing um, to let students know that that faith is not something that they can ignore. That faith is not something that is dumb, like um, a lot of their classes tell them to. Faith is, is powerful, and there's truth, and we can answer the questions to it. Whew. <laughs> so praise God. Um, I wanted to ask my husband, Micah, to share a story with you guys of discipleship, something that God has allowed him to see in one of um, our students' lives. So. Yeah, so... Uh, at the University of Tennessee, we get to disciple students that so we just meet randomly on campus and we're like, hey, like, I want you to know God. Let's meet up. Let's talk about that and everything. Um, so there's this one guy named Noah who uh, I got to hang out with and be with um, and started just meeting one-on-one with him. And as we were meeting one-on-one, he was just very much like, I'm not going to say anything. Like whenever I ask him, hey, like, who are you? Tell me your story. Like just who is Noah? It was Oh, I'm from Clarksville, and I played soccer, and now I'm at UT, and I'm an engineering major. And that was Noah's story. That's how he described his story. So, like, very much not telling me much of anything at all. Um, And one day, uh, we always are challenging our students to go deeper, to really care about um, following God. And so as we were in one of our one-on-ones one time, uh, we were at this place on campus called Southern Kitchen, um, which is just a little restaurant there. And um, I was there and it was time for our one-on-one and every week I had been texting him, reminding him, Hey, we're having our one-on-one looking forward to it. But this one week I decided not to text him because I wanted to challenge him and see did he value this time that we were learning about God or was this just something that he was coming to? Cause he felt like he was supposed to as a Christian. And so I challenged, uh, I just sat there in Southern kitchen, just sat there about 30 minutes past. I was just sitting there and he never showed up. 
And so the next week in our one-on-one, I reminded him and uh, we had our one-on-one and everything. And uh, we were just talking about God, talking about how his life had been going, just walking through life together. And I was like, so where were you at last week? And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I was here for our one-on-one. I sat here the whole hour waiting for you and you didn't show up. And he was like, well, why didn't you text me? And I just told him, I was like, I wanted to see if you valued the time that we were learning about God enough to just come without me having to text you. And it was at that point that his life started to change. He was saying, oh, you know, like I actually do value this time and I actually do want to get to know God and I actually do want to follow this Jesus that we're talking about. And he learned at that moment, hey, I need to take this thing seriously. But as time went on, uh, summer came around and he went back with all of his old friends from high school and uh, he started getting into drinking a lot more than he was even while he was at UT. And he didn't tell me very much like the first year that I was discipling him. So I didn't even know that he had a drinking problem. But he was over the summer, he was getting drunk pretty much every weekend uh, whenever he was back home with his friends. He got to the point where he was like, you know, I don't even know if God exists. Um, and then he came back and I started meeting up one-on-one with him again on campus and he just started confessing all this stuff. He was like, Hey, I hit the lowest point I've ever been in my life. Um, I question whether God even exists, but I know like from you, like caring for me and you discipling me and you like actually wanting to just be my friend, I could tell that like this God is real. And like, I want to make that serious in my life. Um, and so I just started discipling him a lot more and, um, on his birthday that year, I was texting him, yo, don't go out and party. Don't go out and drink because that's what his plan was. He even told me in our one-on-one, he was like, hey, I just want you to to know that I know that it's wrong, but I'm probably going to go out and drink and party this weekend for my birthday. I was like, you just told me you knew it was wrong. What do, what do you mean? Um, but that's just the culture at UT. You just do it. It's just what everyone does. So you just go drink, have fun. So um, last year I was texting him that and then uh, discipled him. He got out of that. He was like, I want to know how to, my life is actually going to reflect Jesus. Um, he was like, what do I, how do I know what my calling is? I was like, first, you have to just be willing to make disciples before he's going to tell you a specific calling in your life. Like you just have to give your life to Jesus and be willing to say, I'm going to follow you and serve you before he's going to reveal this to you. And so he ended up going overseas with us uh, on mission trip that summer. Um, and now he's actually a discipleship leader himself. Um, because he just comes so far and uh, really has taken following Jesus seriously and making disciples seriously. Um, to the point of last year, I was texting him, hey, like, don't go out and drink and party on your birthday. And this year, I was telling him, hey, your discipleship group is really amazing. Like, I'm really excited about the, how guys are growing. Um, and so this guy that I discipled that was out there partying, drinking, on the surface seemed like he was just having a great time. But that unseen, that eternal thing wasn't there. He came to follow Jesus. And actually, I think we have a picture up of Noah. Uh, so you could go ahead and go to the next slide. Um, this is actually Noah disciple, uh, baptizing another guy in his discipleship group. So that's like that's the goal at the University of Tennessee with discipleship is we really follow the Second Timothy 2-2 model where Paul is uh, writing to Timothy saying, what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, trust to faithful men who will then be able to teach others also. And that's what we focus on. This guy's name is Song, the one that he's discipling, that he's discipling and baptizing here in this picture. And like within four or five days after this picture, Noah texted me. He was like, hey, I just wanted to let you know that Song, the one that just got baptized, he just threw away all his weed. 
He just flushed it all down the toilet. He got rid of all the alcohol that was in his house and everything. So there's another guy that like, if we disciple people out of these addictions, this uh, indulgence into this world, then they will replicate that into others. And their testimony will be what sets other people free as well. So that's what we're about at the University of Tennessee. And that's all we're there discipling because people need Jesus. People need that unseen. And we're there not only to teach people to follow Jesus, but to teach them to teach others to follow Jesus as well. Praise God. Um, seeing these two guys on campus, it really is so amazing. Um, their lives have really changed, and um, they're they're guys that will do anything for the Lord, whatever He asks them to do. They're both going on mission trips this summer again. Um, so with our ministry, missions are really, really important because we teach our students to be mission-minded on campus, but also like hopefully um, that whenever they graduate that they will do this for the rest of our life, however it is that God leads them to. Um, but for this summer, um, God has blessed our ministry with being able to lead four teams to different parts of the world. Um, so there will be a team going to India, which is going to be so great. Um, there's going to be another team going to um, the Arab world, which includes Oman and Egypt. Um, and one team's going to go there. Um, and there's also another team going to Mozambique, Africa. And then um, another team going to Zambia, Africa. Both Micah and I have been to Zambia. Um, he's I've been once. He's been twice. Um, we're going to go again. We're the leaders for the team going to Zambia. Um, it's just so amazing that God has blessed us with enough staff to be able to lead all these teams to different places. And our students get the opportunity to be missionaries for, for three weeks to really get to see that God can use them, not only here and people that they can relate to, but even people that they can't relate to, people that are very different from them. Um, um, we can go to the next picture. Um, let me find my place here. Um, but yeah, so this is what God um, has been doing. This is uh, Zambia. We can go to the next the next slide. Um, so one of the things that we do in Zambia is thank the Lord we have the opportunity to um, pour into people both physically and also spiritually. Um, one of the things that we got to do is that as a Kayafa, we raised the funds um, to build a water well um, and we got to be there in the community that was blessed with getting this water well and seeing how it changed their lives. Um, if you guys see the picture that's on the left, um, this woman is sitting next to a hole in the ground and that is a hole where the, her community used to get water from um, and it's not clean water. Sadly in this province in Zambia, um, it's 60% of the children die before the age of five because of the lack of clean water and malnutrition. Um, so it's a really, really big problem. Um, it's really sad how this is just part of the, the life there. Um, and so we just have this awesome opportunity to be able to help these people in many different ways, but also got to see the first time that they had clean water. If you go back one slide. Um, these people were actually like singing and dancing around um, the construction site. Um, they were just so, so grateful um, to us, but really they knew that we were coming in the name of Jesus. And so they were singing songs that praise God, and it was just so awesome to worship God with them. Um, really, they knew almost no English, but it was such a blessing to really bond with them, even though we had a lot of like, it was really hard to communicate at all. But it was a beautiful, beautiful time. Um, if you could go two slides forward. Um, so we also also got to do evangelism in Zambia. Um, we had a team of about 15 students. 
we had a team of about 15 students and we split up into small groups and then we would just like kind of take off in different directions and walk to little um, villages and um, basically try to speak with people um, and share the gospel with them, pray with them, share our testimonies with them. Um, and it was just really awesome that our students got that opportunity. Um, if you can go to the next picture. This was my little group. We had three students from the University of Tennessee, and um, there was me as a staff, and then we had a translator, and her name was Esther. Um, so yeah, we would just walk and, and share and pray, and it was amazing. Uh, but one of the times uh, that we were sharing, we came to a home, and um, we you know, were kind of calling, saying that we were there, and the owner of the home took longer to come out than normal. And um, whenever she finally came out, she had her eyes closed, she was hunched over, and she was feeling around as she walked. Um, so as we saw this, we realized this woman is blind. Um, eventually, she gathered um, you know, a mat and places for us to seat, sit around her. Um, and so we came to her and just started sharing why we were there, um, and started sharing um, just the story of the gospel that we had prepared for her. Um, her daughter came out, and both of them gave them their life to the Lord. And it was a great meeting. It was We were just there spending time with them. Um, but within my heart, I felt this conviction of we're, we're coming here saying that we have the one true God. We're coming here saying that the Bible is truth and powerful. And we're saying that in the name of Jesus, you can be saved. Therefore, we're also saying that in the name of Jesus, like we can pray for anything. It will be done to give glory to God. So within myself, I just felt this burn in my heart that we need to pray for her. And obviously, if you've ever prayed for anyone that is sick, there's this kind of little fear inside of you that what if it's not God's will to heal in this time? Um, but there was this this thing within me that kept telling me you should pray for her. Um, so eventually um, we asked the translator, can we pray for her? Um, she asked her. The lady agreed to um, let us pray for her eyes. And so we all started praying. We all started praying with faith and just praying for healing over her body. Um, she told us that not only she couldn't see anything, but she also had a lot of pain in her eyes. It was hard for her to open her eyes because of the pain. Um, and so we prayed for her. And after that prayer, um, she told us, well, I feel a little bit less pain in my eyes, um, but not much had really changed in her. And so we're like, well, let's pray one more time for her. And so we prayed again um, and just, you know, asking the Lord for faith. And um, once we finished this prayer, we asked her how she was feeling. And she said, well, like, I actually don't feel as much pain as I felt before. And she was like, surprise. Um, and so we kind of talked about that a little more. God had already done something, you know, in her eyes. So like, praise God. Um, and so within myself, I was kind of having this little battle again, like, well, God has already done a miracle. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's as far as we need to go. I don't know if we should pray one more time. Um, so there was this little battle within me. But eventually I was like, can we pray for you one more time? Um, and so I felt like I needed to be obedient to God in that way. And so we prayed for her one more time. Um, and we just started praying in faith and just like letting her know that in the name of Jesus, like anything can happen. Um, and so after that prayer, we finished and we asked her, how are you feeling? And this lady started to like, instead of being hunched over, he started to kind of like raise up. Uh, she started to open up her little eyes and she started to smile. And you could tell something had changed. And she started to tell us, 
I can see you guys that are sitting there. I can see the colors that you guys are wearing. Um, I can see the color of your skin. And so she started telling us what she could see. And she told us, I have no more pain in my eyes, which is why she was able to open up her eyes. And you could tell there was this like kind of rest within her body where she was relaxed and she was able to like tell us what she could see. And she was smiling. So something had really changed. And we were just so joyful and like, praise God, this is amazing. And just we spent a little bit more time with her, just encouraging her. We told them where the church was that was planted. We told them that we had Bibles for them. Um, and so it was just a really great time to be there with them. Um, so if you look at this team, I want to tell you a little bit about uh, Preston. He's the guy in the white shirt. Preston has been a part of um, our ministry for about a year and a half. He started coming last school year. Um, he came and he told us that he had grown up in a Christian home. Um, but even though he hadn't learned about the Bible all of his life, he still couldn't believe in God. Like he had doubts. He just felt like he couldn't really believe that God existed. Um, and so as he started coming to our ministry, um, Tyler, our director, was discipling him. And so he was keeping him accountable that this guy, Preston, would actually read the Bible, would actually give God a chance, you know? Um, and so th throughout the whole school year, Preston was seeking God, was trying to pray, was trying to read his Bible. And there just wasn't anything that could like really let him know that God was real. So when we started talking about this mission trip that we were going to do to Zambia, um, Preston started to wonder, well, if they say that we can experience God in a way that we haven't seen him before in Zambia, if they say that miracles happen in Zambia, then maybe I should go and see if when I go there, um, I will be able to have this experience with God. Maybe something will finally, like I will finally be able to see God the way that you guys see God. And so he came on the mission trip. And when it came to labor, um, um, what's it called? Manual labor. He was so willing. He was hardworking. He didn't care about getting dirty. Preston was ready to serve. Um, but when it came to spiritual uh, ministry and doing things like that on the trip, it was really hard for him. It was hard for him to even pray. Um, and so he was very obedient, but he still was an atheist in his heart. And so God aligned things to where Preston was in this group that got to see this miracle happen. So we went home, not home, we went home back to our campsite and uh, we walked and we told everybody what happened. And that night we were having dinner around the, the fire and uh, Tyler, our director, stood up and said, hey guys, um, our friend Preston has an announcement that he wants to make. And so Preston starts telling everyone, this is what happened today. He starts telling the story. Um, and then he tells us that we prayed for her three times. But after the second time, before we prayed for her the third time, he felt like God told him, I'm going to heal her this time. So God spoke to him before the miracle even happened. And then we prayed for her and Preston could see that this lady really was healed. He had seen that something had really changed inside of her. So he tells us there's no other explanation to what just happened today other than that God is real and that Jesus is the way to God. And so that day, Preston gave his life to the Lord. Yeah, so praise the Lord. This is um, 
you know, Preston's story. And it's just so amazing that really, like, we have so many students that come to us that are in that place where they doubt the Lord, whether it is because of classes, whether it's because of how they grew up or things that they have happened. They just don't believe in him. But our job as missionaries and as we lead student leaders to do the same, um, our job is, is to be a resource so these people can really hear who God is. So that they can, if they have questions, that we can help them grow closer and closer to finding the truth. Um, and so it's just been such an awesome miracle that God was faithful, that God was faithful to this lady and healing her and blessing her with being able to see and at the same time faithful with Preston for him to be able to recognize that God was real. Preston even told us later on that that voice that he heard telling him that she was going to be healed, he had heard it many times before. He just had never been able to realize that that really was God. Um, so it's just so amazing how God is with us and God is fighting for the, the hearts of these students. And so Micah and I are honored to be there um, watching these things, you know, happen in these students' lives. And it's just so, so powerful. I want us to go back to that scripture. So if you guys still have your Bibles, go back to 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. I wanted to um, just go back and... Uh, let you guys pray and reflect the scripture over your lives um, for all of us to reflect the scripture over our lives um, starting from verse 16 I'm just going to read it again Second um, Corinthians chapter 4 and it says therefore we do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I just want to encourage you guys to let this word speak to you. God is saying, do not lose heart. Whatever it is that may be going in your life that is tough, or whatever it is that's causing you to not see God with the same um conviction or passion as you did before do not lose heart god can move you guys have heard the testimonies of noah and preston um and song and like what god is doing at the university of tennessee regardless of like the things that are going on on the surface um i just want you guys to believe that god can move in your situation do not lose heart do not stop seeking him um like he's like he wants you to seek him i also um the verse 16 says that Outwardly, we are wasting away, and our bodies are wasting away. We are getting older. Things are changing. Uh, we're not as strong as we were before. Um, things are going to waste away. Our physical things eventually get old. Our clothes doesn't look the best as it did three years ago. Um, our, our cars, eventually we have to replace them. All of the stuff that are in this world that we can see will eventually fade away. But this scripture says that inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. So our spirit, our relationship with God should be being renewed day by day. Our coming here, spending time with God, our seeking him in the word or just prayer, um, that should renew us. Our relationship with God should not be fading away as well. Our relationship with God shouldn't becoming, uh, become less. It should be flourishing as we get older. That is what the word of God says. So I just want to encourage you. Let God renew you day by day. Let God encourage you to grow deeper and more in love with him. Let that happen. And if that's not happening, then like 
ask yourself why. Why is it going down like my body is rather than going up like it should be? And it's just an encouragement that God can be doing so much more now than he did when you first fell in love with him, that our love for him should be growing. Um, in verse 17, it talks about the troubles that we may be going through in this life. And somehow the scripture is saying that through our troubles, it brings us an eternal glory. Um, I want to be honest to say that like right now, my family is going through a really, really hard time. We're going through a struggle that seems like, um, like it's been happening for a while and that nothing has changed. And so I feel the weight of there's things sometimes that we go through that feel like don't change, that feel like they're just so heavy that it's hard to have hope. Um, but through our struggles, what the Bible teaches us is that it should bring us closer to the Lord, that our struggles should bring us to our knees and continue to ask God, help me to carry this. Lord, help me to see this the way that you see it. Help me to have faith in you regardless of the hopelessness that I feel in the situation. Our struggles should bring us closer to the Lord because it will lead us to an eternal glory like the scripture is talking about. I believe that the struggles that we go through, we will be able to look back at them one day and realize that they were light and momentary troubles like the word of God says um, so I just want to take a few moments um, for for us to pray and just like look at this scripture and like reflect a, of it in our hearts um, I just want to challenge you guys to think uh, are, are, you, are you focusing on what is unseen are you focusing in the hearts of the people that are around you in the hearts of your children or your family in your heart where are you focusing on your material needs what are you, are you focusing what is unseen on what is truly eternal? I also want to ask you to just pray about, is your relationship with God being renewed day by day? And if not, what's keeping you from being renewed day by day? And I also want to ask you to just pray and, and ask yourself, are my struggles bringing me closer to God or am I just holding them on my own? So I'll just give you guys a few minutes for you guys to pray there on your seat um, for this scripture. Um, and then I'll I'll come back and finish. Lord, help us do not lose heart. Help us, God, to be renewed day by day. Help us, God, to let our, our struggles and our troubles, Lord, to bring us closer to you. Lord, that we would be so close to you that we would feel and recognize, God, that even though these struggles are, are so hard and heavy, Father, that you're going to make them good, God, that coming to you is the best thing that we could do during this time, God. We just pray that we would trust you, God, in, in the struggles, Father. Lord, help this church be fixed on what is unseen. Help this church be fixed, God, on, on glorifying you with our lives, with every part of us, God, that we would be righteous before you, not because of just coming here, God, but that our heart would love you so much, God, that our heart will be renewed day by day, Lord. Help us, God, um, just to, to fix our eyes on you, fix our eyes on being with you one day, God, and, and being renewed by you, Father. I just pray that, all the testimonies, the stories, God, would help us, Lord, to be strong in our faith. It would help us, God, to see that you are moving, that regardless of what we see on the surface, God, you can do incredible things, God. Lord, I also pray that this church will be encouraged to be obedient, to pray one more time and one more time, God, to pray and expect you to do miracles, God, in our lives and in the people that you lead us to minister to, God. So, Lord, I just pray that you, um, that you minister to our hearts to help us be encouraged for what you are doing, God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Um, it's a scripture that has really just encouraged me by the way that God works, you know, that he's not focused on our physical life, but he's focused on our spirits and of being with him forever.
Um, I want to um, just thank you guys so much for allowing us to share a little bit of our life and a little bit of what God has been doing at the University of Tennessee. Um, you guys have you know, heard the testimonies of um, Noah and Song and Preston and how their lives have changed. And it's been so powerful how they have changed and um, just how much they are. Their stories are like just impacting the kingdom of God. Um, and we're just so grateful that we get to be there right in front of these things happening, get to witness these testimonies and these miracles happen. Um, it's just so amazing that at the University of Tennessee, there's people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit in their dorm rooms, um, baptized in the Holy Spirit, like wherever they are together, like God is just moving. Um, there's healings happening as students pray for each other. Um, God is, is just so amazing, like everything that he has done. Um, but I just, we want to let you guys know that these stories cannot happen um, without people who are supporting us, who, without people who are fighting with us in prayer and also supporting us financially so that people like us and missionaries like Mike and I can be able to do this full time. Um, and so we're just so grateful for the people that are on our team and that are fighting for us and, um, in, you know, investing in this ministry that God has given us. And um, we just want to invite you guys that if God has put it in your heart um, to also pray about becoming a part of our uh, monthly support team. Um, we right now just got married and our budget um, changed a little bit. Um, and so right now we're in need of raising about $700 uh, more uh, in our financial budget. And so um, by you guys giving, you're being a part of everything that God is doing, everything that he's doing at this university. Um, and so we just want to ask you guys to pray and consider being a part of that. You can talk to us at the back. Um, we're also raising uh, support to be able to go on this mission trip to Zambia and lead this team. Um, and so whatever God puts in your heart, we're going to put it to use for university students to come closer to the Lord and, you know, be saved um, for his name. Um, so, yeah, I just I'm so grateful that I get to share this this part of my life with you guys. And I just want to encourage you to look for what is unseen, to ask the Lord to help you be broken and be aware that God can be doing so much more inside of us than we can see on the outside. So thank you so much. Were you encouraged? Were you encouraged this morning? <clears throat> I know I was. I appreciate just the story, the testimony. Um, check, check one, two. Am I still on? I just want to encourage you. I'm so glad, uh, Ellie, first of all, that you were comfortable with, with asking because I think that a lot of time that's, that's the most difficult thing. Uh, but I want to encourage you twofold again. As a church, we do support um, Ellie and now Ellie and Micah. And so what I, what I want to encourage you to do, yes, continue giving to the church, but I am not um, by any means saying, don't pick them up personally as well. Okay, so go back there and, and put the ball in your court and ask the Lord, Lord, you've heard about the fruit. This is good soil, folks. This is good soil. And I trust these two standing in front of us as well with the investment we're making in their lives. Um, so I, I hope that you will consider that and pray about that. And secondly, today, um, a little bit different than normal when we give to missionaries. If the Lord's putting something on your heart, I feel like it's, it is, this is, these are good people. Just, just give it to them personally, okay? You can, you can pick them up and support them as a ministry, as missionaries, but I feel like today we're also supposed to bless them as a couple. Um, so a little bit different than normal for us, um, but if you feel comfortable doing that as well, I do, and these two folks right here, and I want us to pray over them. Um, you heard about the challenges, obviously, just within Ellie's family. There are other things that I'm sure they could share with us this morning that are going on uh, that we can lift them up in 
the struggles of being on the front lines and how the enemy wants to distract and deter us. Uh, Maurice, would you come up here and join Meshach, Rick? Let's just pray over them um, and just lift them up as the Lord is going to continue to use them in mighty ways. And I believe, I believe there are some other things to still be unlocked in your hearts as you are figuring out the call of God even ahead. Uh, he has you now and He's forming some things, but I believe there's some things that He is, he is transitioning even in your soul, in your heart, that may be years to come before you see the fulfillment of that. But He is already, those seeds are there. They've been there for years, maybe even decades. But He's, he's still watering those seeds and they're growing. That's the Lord. So let's just pray together. Would you extend your hand? Father, I just thank you so much for both Ellie and Micah in this place. I thank you as a son and a daughter of the King Most High that they are clothed in royalty. I thank you that, Lord, no weapon formed against them will be able to prosper. Not over their mind and their thoughts, not over their emotions and their finances, but, Lord, they are yours. And we entrust them again to you, Lord, and, and recognize the call you have on them. And we say, Lord, dispatch your, your angels and your resources, your revelation, your spirit in such a way, God, that they would see fruit like they have never seen before. Lord, we bless their marriage. We bless, Lord, just the communication and the connection, Lord, that you're going to just magnify and enhance in this season, Lord. We thank you, God, for just a season of a spiritual bubble around them, Lord, where they are just in such a sweet spot. They're in just a season of refreshment, Lord, as individuals and as a couple. Lord, I thank you for that. God, I thank you that, that nothing has been halted in how you're using them, but Lord, they're going to continue just to see the impact and be encouraged in the individuals, but also, Lord, in the trips that they're leading in the people that are coming to the Lord, in the miracles that are confirming your word, Jesus. We thank you, God, how you're going to use them. And Lord, for the transitions that are ahead, for the things that you have put inside them, Lord, I pray that you will bring clarity. I pray, Lord, that they will just recognize your peace and the doors that they are walking through, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the support that is going to come alongside them. I thank you, Lord, that what you are doing, you will confirm through the mouths of two and three witnesses. We thank you, Jesus. You are so faithful. Thank you that you take care of your children. It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen.